Trevor, we're clear. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of The Florida Project, the podcast where Disney fans celebrate Walt Disney World. If you like Disney and you like podcasts, you will probably like The Florida Project. Uh, I'm Jason, back in action this week. Uh, Across from me is Will. Jason is no longer on assignment. Nope, I'm not. The assignment is complete. I mean, it was a curtain convention, not a spy thing. Anyway, in between us is the rose between two thorns, Michael. I'm not a spy, but I'm here. If you'd like to support the show, get access to some awesome bonus content, and hang out with us on our Patreon-exclusive Slack channel, become one of our Patreon saints at patreon.com slash podcast. All of our Patreon saints get access to do additional shows, TFP Extra, Extra, and Disney Classics. Each week on TFP Extra, Extra, we keep the podcast train rolling with more zany fun, the airing of grievances, and a topic that may or may not be Disney-related. Uh, on the monthly Disney Classics series, we watch and discuss each of Disney's animated classic films. We also had the first meeting of the TFP Book Club. Sure did. Um, which, uh, it was a, a Zoom call where we all got on and talked about the book. Will, what was the name of the book? The 1971 Walt Disney World Companion, something like something that. Something like it's that green. by Jim Corcus. Yeah. yeah. Um, very good book. Very good discussion. Uh, so I recommend for the Patreon saints who are um, listening and not in the book club, join the book club. Uh, and then for people who have not signed up for Patreon, if you like books, there's another reason. Uh, additional levels and rewards are all on the Patreon site. So sign up at patreon.com slash TFP podcast today and get more from the Florida project. In this episode, we'll discuss some nonsense and small topics. Michael will give us the latest news. Will will take us on a trip down main tweet USA. And then Michael will shine the attraction spotlight on snow white, scary adventure. Sweet. I don't have to do anything. (laughs) And then Will and Michael will shine the attraction spotlight. Uh, All that and more is coming up on this week's episode of The Florida Project. It's a small topic. After all, it's a small topic. After all, it's a small topic. After all, it's a small, small, small topics. All right, small topic number one. If you had to replace either Space Mountain or Rise of the Resistance with a 100% faithful clone of the original Snow White Scary Adventure, which one would you choose and why? Pass. <laughs> yeah, for me, this is easy. It's uh, Space Mountain because it makes me sick. So, But I thought this would be a little bit of a Mickey's choice for the two of you. Yeah, probably Space Mountain. Yeah. Why? Well, Rise of the Resistance takes up more space. It's Space Mountain, though. Huh? Because space. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. No, because Rise of the Resistance is more unique. There's a lot of Space Mountains. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't get rid of the best theme park attraction that Disney's made. Confirmed. Will and Michael both hate Space Mountain. No, now what I would replace... Is Princess Fairytale Hall? I would not. I would. 
With Space Mountain? No. Ooh, now we're talking. What's Snow White? Princess Fairy Tale Hall Space Mountain. <laughs> Princess Fairy Tale Space Hall Mountain. I'm in. Uh, no, I would not replace it back, actually. I think we have a better option now, even though it was closed for like a year and a half. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about this later. Snow White's not great. All right, your Imagineering job has moved. She's fair. I'm sorry. That's it. Oh, geez. Sorry, Jason, but that's had to finish that. All right, your Imagineering job has moved from California to Florida. Which of the seven dwarfs would you choose to help with your cross-country moving road trip? Doc. Ah, you stole mine. He's really the only one. No, Dopey would be good for manual labor. He'd break everything. But Doc's a good leader. Yeah, I would put Doc in charge of hiring the movers. No, you're moving. It's like you and whoever you pick. Doc and I you're are driving the U-Haul. No, and you're loading and unloading. Well, then Grumpy, because he'll complain, but he'll do it. Yeah, and he's not he'll doesn't have any like he's not going to drop anything. He's not going to sneeze on it. He's not going to be so happy all the time that he just won't shut up. Yeah, I would say happy because they give a good attitude. Uh, yeah. If we're driving cross country, good lord, no. Oh, look at that over there. Let me tell you about Tumbleweeds. He's no, not happy. chatty. He is definitely chatty. <laughs> That's not his, his name is Happy. I know, but you don't you think he's happy and quiet. You don't really? Yeah. He's definitely I, I do not get that I impression. I am frequently from happy and quiet. When did that start? Most of the time. Mm. No, it's it's grumpy. I go with grumpy. <laughs> we just sit there in silence cross country. You want to eat? Grumpy no. people are chatty too. Not really. Yeah, they yeah. are. They'll bring you down. Have you been on the oh. internet, Will? Oh. <laughs> well, those are yeah, again, that's a different kind of people. Grumpy would be a toxic fan. He would not. He would. He just he'd be too. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, on you'd that. have to hear. I'm about, not getting on Twitter. He'd also be me too, probably. Well, yeah, probably. You'd have to hear about everything he hates that's all the way nice. from coast to coast. <laughs> I, that's better than everything he loves from coast to coast. With happy. <laughs> How was your meal? It was amazing. No, it wasn't happy. It was Del Taco. It was fine at best. No, he's just happy. You cannot like things and be happy. We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> what does that mean? When I go cross country with Grumpy. Yeah. I'm going with happy. I'm oh. happy. He's happy. It'll be a very happy car. You listen to good, happy music. Ugh, that would get You old. talk about happy things. What about bashful? It'd be all right. But uh, why? Too quiet. I think it'd be okay. <laughs> Is that everybody? Sleepy. We haven't done sleepy. Oh, no. <laughs> Sleepy's out. You, you you would have to drive the whole way. Sleepy, when are you coming in with that box? Man. <laughs> no, I mean, and we know why Sneezy's out. And we know why uh, Dopey's out. So that's it, right? We name them all? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because the problem with Dopey is he probably would mess things up. Oh, he'd absolutely. He'd drop everything. Like it'd be, He'd leave you at a bathroom in Texas somewhere, too, in the van. Yeah, that's another one you can't let drive. No. You know what? I, who I would uh, bring? Who? The magic mirror. Yeah. Because it could tell you like if you should not take a certain road because your tire is going to pop on that road or something. I don't know. Yeah, but then you got to lift your sofa by yourself. Exactly. <laughs> no, and that heavy it's mirror. It's a magic too. mirror. And that heavy mirror, yeah. <laughs> no, the huntsman, that's who you want. He'd be a good mover. Uh, he doesn't follow through on it, like when you ask him to do something. Just <laughs> and <he> looks <laughs> pretty out of shape, too. Just... Well, so am I. Yeah, well, well, together, we can lift that couch. Yeah. All right. Suppose for a moment that your cave was stuffed with jewels like the dwarves cave. What would you do with your hoard? I have a cave. Yep. 
full of jewels. When did I get a cave? What am I going to do with a cave? <laughs> Much less a cave with jewels in it. I don't know. It's where your washing machine is. Hmm. The dryer's back in the house. <laughs> no, but the cottage. Your laundry cave. I wouldn't know what to do with jewels. Where do I take these to like need to like turn them into cold hard cash? Yeah. Can I? Because like I was watching a Bond movie today, uh, Octopussy. And he was playing um, backgammon, and he put a Fabergé egg down as his uh, bet. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Can I do that with these jewels? And yeah. Just go to Vegas and throw down a, an emerald? Sure. All right. I don't think they'd kick me out of Harris, probably. Yeah, you got to go to a better, and you got to bring your diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Michael? I would turn it into Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That seems Made like... Of jewels. No, I have that part with the jewels oh, in the yeah. cave. Okay. But that seems like the appropriate size of an attraction to have in your backyard. The mine train? Yeah. You have a big backyard. Thank you. Yeah, but... <laughs> your backyard's not that big. How dare you? You could do a Snow White Scary Adventure back there. Probably, but you can't do like a Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain. That's too much. Well, yeah. But a but Seven Dwarfs Mine Train... is pretty wide. It's a big footprint. Yeah, but that's right. It's a nice rolling green... Well, I didn't say it wasn't nice. Yeah, just as long as you get under the creek there, you just have to have a long queue. I just think you're... To get outside the berm. I think you're overestimating <laughs> the size of your yard now. I don't know if it would be here. Is the cave here? Apparently, my washing machine's back there. <laughs> no, it's a different... Your washing machine's not in our cave. Why is it required that the washing machine's in the cave? I don't know. You moved your washer and dryer in there. There's no power. I don't know why you did it. And now your clothes stink. No, you don't want in a cave. What? It's a shadow of another person. Yeah, that's true. How are you going to get shadows? It's dark in there. The reflection from the jewels. We're going to have to get those um, little helmets with the flashlights on them, though. No, you do one of those complicated mirror systems like in, uh, I don't know, some movie about tombs. Yeah. Nah, I'm going to go with the helmet with the flashlight on it. I'm going with Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I am going to... Do you remember... With like in the early 2000s, late 90s, there was on Friday nights, always on, I guess, like local access, there were those people selling jewelry. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and they were screaming into a microphone <laughs> that was turned way too high up. Yeah. And they would just sell jewelry for like Friday night at 2 a.m. No, the knives, too. They'll do and knives the knives. After yeah. That, yeah. That's what I would do. I would sell those I almost jewels bought a knife on a local access. Screaming! I don't think that's going to get it done show. for you. Come to Harrow's with me. We'll throw down some rubies and we'll bet horribly. No. It'll be fun. Buy this whole bag of diamonds for 20 cents. Yep. And that's it for small topics. Thanks, Jason. Those are some great small topics. News. Here are four news items to discuss this week about Walt Disney World. And beyond. And beyond, yes. I don't know. I actually didn't read the news. There is some beyond. Oh, good. I was just assuming. There's always a little bit beyond. But we're going to start at Walt Disney World. And beyond. No, we're going to start at just Walt Disney World. No, you're not going to. Well, I was just saying because this happened at Disneyland too. Oh. See, so that's my beyond, you see. We're going to start at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And beyond. And beyond. (laughs) With number one, Walt Disney World updates their masking policy. Following in the footsteps of Universal theme parks dropping their masking requirements, Walt Disney World and Disneyland have made a similar change to their mask requirement. 
Last week, starting on February 17th, face coverings are now optional for fully vaccinated guests in both outdoor and indoor locations. Guests who are not fully vaccinated are expected to continue wearing face coverings in all indoor locations, including indoor attractions and theaters. Face coverings will still be required by all guests ages 2 and up on enclosed Disney transportation, including Disney buses, monorails, and Disney Skyliner. All the mask-required signage at the entrance of two attractions, shops, and restaurants has now been removed. Walt Disney World cast members are also impacted by the new policy, with onstage cast now having the option to wearing a mask, though it seems at this point most are choosing to do so, according to Disney news sites. Most guests, however, are choosing not to wear a mask, though there certainly are many that still are. Yep. Well, we were at this point for, what, like a week or two last year? Yeah. Last summer? Yeah. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Were we? Yeah, in the like July, I think. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. brought them back. There was yeah. there was like a a good period of time where you didn't yeah. have to wear masks. I don't know how long if you were yeah. vaccinated. Yeah, yep. This is one of the things that's going to be, I think, hard for people to do. Like as the as the science and the recommendations change around masking, like it's going to be, I think, hard for people uh, to sort of take them off um, in a lot of cases. Yeah, especially with how crowded Walt Disney World seemingly has been. Mm-hmm. I can see it being one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to take it off. Yeah. So I think the CDC is supposed to be updating their guidance soon, too. Well, speaking of guidance, you can guide your way over to the West, where Disney has announced plans to develop residential communities. So this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Sure at least did. for me. <laughs> the Walt Disney Company has announced plans to introduce Story Living by Disney, a new business to develop master planned new home communities with the attention to detail and special touches that are Disney hallmarks. According to Disney, the, quote, vibrant new neighborhoods are infused with our special brand of magic. Each community will feature distinctively designed spaces, unique amenities, and Disney's brand of world-renowned service, end quote. At each location, including some neighborhoods for residents ages 55 and up, Disney cast members trained in the company's guest services will operate the community association. Through a club membership, Disney will also provide access to curated experiences such as wellness programming, entertainment ranging from live performances to cooking classes, philanthropic endeavors, seminars, and much more. The first location will be Cotina, a story living by Disney community, which will be built in the heart of Coachella Valley in Rancho Mirage, California. So for more information and updates, visit www.storylivingbydisney.com. There's a lot of information on their website, mostly yeah. pictures, but yeah, this is this was kind of uh, out of left field for me too. Like, I, and, and surprising because they recently got rid of um, uh, celebration. Like, turn that over to whoever I don't know, Jim. Um, yeah, but they do have uh, Golden Oaks, which is apparently the best place in the world. So, you know. I think it's pretty cool. If there was one around here, I would consider moving into it. I'm scared of what their HOA fees are. I'm sure they're very affordable. Well, the, uh, the what do they say? There's a the the membership. Way, way cheap at nickel and dimes, everything. <laughs> I, I, sorry. Uh, what was it? It's one of those things I didn't even want to look up. I I've I read half the article. I'm like, well, this, this is just not going to happen. So I'm just not yeah. going to bother with it. I'm not moving to Palm Springs right now. It seems like 
Yeah, they said the club membership was optional. Yeah. An optional club membership. You can't have an optional in. You got to join the club. I bet you're going to be yeah. required to have topiaries in your front yard. <gasps> That'd be lovely. You yeah. know what? As long if, as you're not required to maintain them. Yeah. Well, no, you'll probably be required to maintain them unless you pay for the club membership. I'm paying for the club yeah. membership. <laughs> if I'm moving into the Disney community, I'm all in. Obviously, we know nothing about this besides. Yeah, what I'm going said, to but... yoga every morning. I am doing the guided meditations. But I'm they had a heck of thing. a Super Bowl party if they had yeah. existed last painting weekend. night, wine and painting. I'm doing that. The first thing I thought of was that Jim Carrey movie where he's like living in the bubble, in the fake town, and they're like filming his cable life. guy. No, Batman and Robin. No, no. Batman Returns forever. forever. Batman Forever. Ruined it. <laughs> liar, liar. What is it? Oh, you really Ace don't know? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. No. Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. No. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Ed TV. No. It was the one like Ed TV, but yeah. not Ed TV. The Truman Show. There it is. Ah, uh, there it is. The Truman Show. I was trying to think of more Jim Carrey movies. I was I, too. I think really going, actually running out. Yeah. Well, anyway, this community sounds like the community in that, where it's just like everything's like picture perfect and everyone's... Mm. Stepford. Says, Hello, good day, neighbor. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Bright suns, traveler. Yep, I'm sure it'll be magical. And speaking of magic, number three, share more magic with cast members with an update to the mobile cast compliment feature at Walt Disney World. So since launching with the world's most magical celebration in October, the mobile cast compliment feature in the My Disney Experience app has already generated more than twenty five thousand compliments, with the number continuing to grow every day. And Disney announced that it'll be easier than ever to recognize the people who make magic for you during your visit, as you can now compliment individual cast members. The latest update allows you to choose a park, a location, and new from today, the name, hometown, and date of interaction. Yikes. This new addition should allow the compliment to actually reach the intended cast member rather than just an entire department. The additional details are optional, and you can still leave a compliment without knowing the specifics. To get started, search Cast Compliment in My Disney Experience. Yes, I'm looking for CEO. Uh, his name was Bob <laughs> C. from uh, California, I bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, th- I, I think it's really cool that they're putting this, they're giving this more attention and, and trying to generate some positivity. The um, who worked there on what date and what their name is is a little, seems a little. Unsafe to me. It's probably like whatever's on there. Yeah, it's but pro- still, it just seems a little. I don't know. Like I, I feel like you could figure out when somebody works and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's probably fine. But uh, very cool. I like uh, anything that spreads positivity at Disney World. I really like and beyond. <laughs> no, that one's just at Walt Disney. Yeah. World. Oh, sorry. It's not okay. beyond. But it's, well, it should be. It's good though. Any you know, more ways to like get the cast um, recognized for good things is always good. Especially right now, because apparently the cast members are being treated pretty badly by the public. Some of the public. Sonic, the Hedgehog. What? Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> he was in that. Yeah, he was no. the villain. I didn't see the the Sonic. It was good. You should watch it. It's funny. It's probably the best movie. Starring a hedgehog. Oh, the mask. Oh, the mask. Oh, the mask. mask. Yeah. Yeah, we Feels like we probably missed one other big one or something, though. 
Man on the Moon. Did you already say that one? Oh uh, no, Man in the Moon. Man, Grinch. Man in the Moon. Grinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Almighty. Oh, I love Bruce Almighty. That was a good movie. Well, the rest are fun. But Man in the Moon. That was a good one, too. Wrestling. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, speaking of Moon, number four, DVC Moonlight Magic returns to Walt Disney World. So DVC Moonlight Magic events are returning to Walt Disney World, where eligible Disney Vacation Club members can visit a select theme park for a special celebration after the park is closed to the public. Along with lower wait times at the attractions, special entertainment, character appearances, and complimentary treats are also included. Mm. All eligible members with a Disney Resort hotel reservation on the event date should be on the lookout for an email arriving on February 22nd, 2022. This email will contain a link to register online for the upcoming Epcot events in March. Event registration opens to all eligible members on March 8th, 2022 for the member plus four guests pending availability. The March event includes March 17th and 31st at Epcot. May 24th and June 16th and July 14th at Disney's Hollywood Studios, July 16th, August 31st, and September 28th at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Nothing announced for the Magic Kingdom yet. The last Moonlight Magic date was in March of 2020. Hooray! So for more information, go to DisneyVacationClub.Disney.Go.Com. Yeah, that's cool that they're bringing stuff back like this. I like the name Moonlight Magic. Mm -hmm. I do too. I don't like that they say we get, well, not we because I'm not a DVC member, but we get treats like we're dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it, but come up with a different one. Probably the ice cream and popcorn and sodas. I know. Those are treats. I know, but it just, you want a treat? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) You love popcorn. I do. I also like that they're giving priority to the people who already have a reservation on those dates. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That's a treat. Well, speaking of treats, you won't have to hear me talk anymore because that is it for news. I don't don't care for that. (laughs) I love to hear you talk. Me too. So I will not say what I normally say out of spite. What? That was some good news, Michael. All right, we have two pieces of uh, news this week from Main Tweet USA. Number one, which I'm really excited about, John Williams returns for the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. Who did he play? One of the Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. (laughs) That's cool. Variety has reported that famous American composer John Williams, that's him, he, he wrote the music, uh, has returned to the Star Wars unit. I don't know. They put Star Wars in quotes, which I think is funny. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just think it's funny. I don't know why. Uh, by creating the theme for the new series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, debuting on Disney Plus on May 25th. I hope he sits in with that band, that Tatooine band. Uh, the Cantina. Max, whatever his name uh, is. Max Rebo. Yeah. <laughs> More than two years after completing his ninth Star Wars movie, composer John Williams is returning to the Jedi fold with a theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Variety has learned. Williams has written the musical signature for the continuing adventures of the character played by Ewan McGregor, airing on Disney Plus beginning May 25th. He recorded last week with the Los Angeles Orchestra under tight security. It's a coup for both Lucasfilm and Disney, considering the five-time Oscar winner rarely composes for television. His last theme for a weekly dramatic series was Amazing Stories in 1985. 
Although he has written two for PBS series, Masterpiece Theater in 2000, Great Performances in 2009, and his News and Olympic themes, written decades ago, continue to air on NBC. William's Star Wars scores are legendary. He won an Oscar for the original in 1977 and received nominations for five of the sequels, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in 1980 and 1983, followed by The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker in 2015, 2017, and 2019. And it seems like he was robbed a little bit for the prequels because the music was good. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated for any of the prequels, if that's true. Mm. He also wrote the theme for Solo, a Star Wars story in 2018, and Disneyland's and Walt Disney World's Galaxy's <laughs> Edge theme, um, the theme for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in 2019. The latter won him his most recent Grammy, one of six awarded for his Star Wars compositions over the years. Williams, who turned 90 on February 8th, is remarkably busy. He is composing the scores for Steven Spielberg's The Fabermans, due out in November, and for the fifth Indiana Jones movie due next year. He will conduct the Vienna Philharmonic on March 12th through 13th, and he has other like dates after that with other orchestras. I'm not going to read them all. Was it hard not to say Philharmagic? No, it wasn't at all. Oh, okay. Because I don't care for Philharmonic. That's when I was reading it. That's what I said in my head. Williams scored the original Obi-Wan Kenobi as played by Alec Guinness with a theme that became better known as that of the Force, the spiritual philosophical belief of the Jedi Knights and the Old Republic, as the composer explained in 1977. Used in the famous throne room scene that concluded the first Star Wars film. It is not known if he is reprised that or possibly a theme from the George Lucas directed. Williams scored prequels that feature McGregor, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, or Revenge of the Sith, or written an entirely new piece. The TV stories are said to take place after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and they have not announced who will score the actual series. He's only composing a theme. So that's pretty cool, though. F equals MA, right? You're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very cool. He's 90 years old. 90. Still, that's 90. crazy. I was going to ask, but you answered it already, if uh, Obi-Wan had a theme in the movies. He didn't really in the prequels, because they just, they like I said, they stole his theme to be the Force theme after that. So, yeah. How do you think he comes up with all them tunes? Uh, probably Mushrooms. Mm. <laughs> okay. I don't have a segue. <laughs> the directors have been announced for season two of Loki as well. <laughs> Marvel has tapped directing duo Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead for the season two for season two of Loki on Disney Plus. Deadline reported the first season premiered with success last summer with all six episodes directed by Kate Heron. It was immediately renewed for a second season, but Heron chose to step down. Benson and Moorhead have previously worked on The Twilight Zone and Archive 81. They directed two episodes of the upcoming Moon Knight series and reportedly so impressed Marvel that they were brought on to Loki. Uh, Tom Hiddleston will return in the titular role for season two and will executive produce along with Michael Waldron, who wrote and served as the showrunner for season one. Eric Martin will write the six episodes. Loki is the only Marvel Disney Plus original series to get a second season so far, with the rest running as limited series. Characters from the Falcon and Winter Soldier are expected to return in a fourth Captain America film. So that's cool. I'm excited for Loki to come back. Yeah, yeah me too. It is uh, ripe for new stories. And I hope this is the new, um, they, they found the new like Marvel directors or something, you know, like yeah. the Russos. That would be That'd really be cool. cool. Like, so looking forward to Loki. Uh, and that's it for Main Tweet USA. Thanks, Will. That was a great trip down Main Tweet USA. 
Today's topic is Attraction Spotlight Snow White Scary Adventures. And boy, was it. Do you like to be scared? What's your favorite scary dark ride? Oh, that way, that's our new t-shirt. <laughs> Quote, Walt Disney. <laughs> uh, all right. So to continue celebrating Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary with our series of opening day attraction spotlights, um, we thought we would talk about Snow White's scary adventures. Um, and Michael and Will are going to take us through it. Well, Snow White's scary adventures is a dark ride based on the 1937 film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs located at Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris. Oh, that's why you were asking about (laughs) Snow White earlier. That's smart, Jason. Yeah. That's that's real smart. Yeah, it was a theme. Mm, Boy. Located in a fantasy land, it is one of the few remaining attractions that was operational on Disneyland's opening day in 1955. It also existed at the Magic Kingdom, but sadly closed on May 31st, 2012. And was their opening day, too. Just spoiler. Yeah. But the history of Snow White's Scary Adventures is not so scary after all. Mm. (laughs) Or is it? It's not. I hear it's terrified children for generations. Well, it it did. Certainly, I was one of them. Yeah. Which is why I keep Princess Fairytale Hall there. (laughs) Well, Snow White's Scary Adventures opened on Disneyland's opening day as Snow White and her adventures. I had to get that out of there. Imagineers had designed the ride so that guests felt like they were the main character of the story. In this case, the guests were Snow White. This was true for Peter Pan's flight as well at the time. Few people understood this concept, and some wondered why Snow White herself was not featured on the ride. And some footage of the original version would be part of the 1962 film 40 Pounds of Trouble, which featured a lengthy sequence set inside Disneyland. What? I'm going to have to look for that. I've never heard of that in my life. 40 Pounds Pounds of of Trouble. trouble. What? What? Is this like that horror movie I watched on Netflix that was filmed secretly at Walt Disney World? I assume the 40 Pounds of Trouble is some problem child or something. By the way, I know we talked about this at some point in the past, but that was literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Wait, what was that movie they filmed in the Magic Kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like adventures in the... But they also filmed it at Disneyland. And also, you know, just to get back to this, it's, it's I don't like that they changed the name of this ride immediately, and it didn't really have Snow White in it. That's why I've always been anti this ride. That's why you're anti Mickey's Magic. Exactly. I'm anti-false advertising. That's what I am. Well, during 1983, all the Fantasyland dark rides were expanded and redesigned as part of a large overhaul of Fantasyland. This attraction and the other dark rides were modified to include the main characters of the films they represented. And today, Snow White appears once in the attraction. There's your Snow White. (laughs) We did it. 28 years. Here's your your figure. It's just a cutout. (laughs) I mean... The present outdoor facade was made to resemble the the evil queen's castle from the movie. Also, there I can confirm there is more than one Snow White in the attraction now. Okay. Because I saw two, at least. When the witch offered guests the poison apple in one scene, guests frequently tried and sometimes managed to steal the apple and bring it home as a souvenir. When Fantasyland was reopened in 1983, they solved the problem of the ever-missing poison apple by replacing it with an image of an apple projected by means of a parabolic mirror. Mmm. Parab- people still tried. Mm. Give me that apple. Parabolic mirror, I guess. Yeah. Guests who reach out to steal the apple now find their hands passing through it. Ooh. I'd steal that apple. 
No, you wouldn't. Your hand would pass right through it. Or would it? Okay. If you believe in yourself, you keep does your it? Ha- hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Don't even front like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe in my misspit youth mm-hmm. in an alternate universe. <laughs> Well, on November 26, 2019, it was announced that the Disneyland attraction would undergo a 2020 overhaul to install a new happy ending sequence. The current attraction closed on January 6, 2020, (laughs) and on December 21, 2020, the film's 83rd anniversary, it was announced that the attraction will be renamed Snow White's Enchanted Wish, with an updated cottage and mine sequence also being showcased. And that's the one that's there now, and I talked briefly about it last week, but it is really good. They brought this one to Fairy Tale Hall. I think you would like it. Okay. So there's a lot of Snow White, and it's not scary, and there's like projections, and but it also would has, you say it's enchanted? It is enchanted. There's old technology. Were you enchanted? And new technology. No, oh. I was. Oh, nice. Is the evil queen turning around and looking out that window? Is that on the ride? No. no. Okay. I thought I remembered it was, but then I didn't remember it happening. No, you made that up in your head. I did. Okay. There is a scene on the ride where it's like the queen talking in the mirror, and then she turns around, and it's the old hag. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. (laughs) It's just not nice. (laughs) Hey, old hag. That's her name, Hagatha. Probably trying to... Snow White called her that. That's probably... I'd poison her, too. (laughs) Well, the Magic Kingdom's original version of this ride also put guests in the role of the story's main character, Snow White, if you remember. Mm, yes. Around Christmas... Snow White, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Around Christmas of 1994, a less frightening version of the ride took its place and appearances by Snow White were also added. The redesigned ride took some cues from Disneyland Paris version, including increasing the capacity of each ride vehicle from four to six passengers. The Magic Kingdom version closed for good on May 31st, 2020, to make room for a Princess Fairy Tale Hall, which Michael hates. No, I just really like. I like a good dark ride. Yeah. Well, would you like me to tell you more about this attraction, Michael? Like what the summary of it is? Is it scary? Yeah. Well, it was. Yes. Then. Now it's less scary. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about Disneyland first because it opened in '55. Like we said before, the original version is noted for not featuring Snow White at all, which is a bold move for a Snow White (laughs) ride. I'll give them that. Um, With the attention being that the writers were Snow White. So while the dwarfs only appear in one scene, aside from Dopey, who appears twice. But he's the star anyway of the dwarfs, right? Yeah. Yeah. The ride began in the diamond mine where the dwarfs were seen digging. As guests exited the mine, Dopey was seen for a second time pointing at a sign reading, Beware of the Witch. Mm-hmm. The ride vehicles then entered the forest where various animals were seen watching the riders. A two-way sign was then seen pointing to the dwarfs' cottage in one direction and the witch's castle in the other direction. The vehicles turned towards the castle where one of the gateways led to the cottage and the other led further into the castle. The gate to the cottage slammed shut, forcing guests to go further into the castle. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. The vehicles went through the dungeons where skeletons warned guests to turn back. (laughs) The vehicles turned to face a huge archway through which the witch's shadow moved across the wall. Guests then moved towards the cauldron where the witch was obscured by shadows until she turned suddenly towards the cauldron, offering the guest a poisoned apple. Exiting the dungeon, the witch appeared from behind a pillar and offered the guest the apple again. I wonder which one you could reach and take, actually. Um, yeah, I don't of know. those two. Uh, they said uh, in another article I read, this actually happened a lot on grad night. Mm. Um, so, Teens. Yeah. 
Riders then exited the castle and continued through the dark forest where the trees have faces and arms while the logs look like crocodiles. This scene is one of the few that would remain mostly unchanged in the 1983 overhaul. The ride vehicles then returned to the dwarf's cottage where the door suddenly swung open, revealing the witch who would offer the guest the apple for a final time. <laughs> Three <laughs> yeah. times. Good Lord. No wonder somebody finally took it. Desperate much? <laughs> guest that turned to a cliff. Guest then turned to a cliff where the witch was seen above them attempting to pry a huge boulder from the outcrop onto the riders. Yee. As ride vehicles crashed through a set of doors hidden in the cliffside, the witch's scream could be heard, though she was not actually shown falling to her death. The vehicles then entered a pitch black room briefly before exiting to the unload area. So at least she didn't go to hell. That's true. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds pretty scary. That is pretty scary. Uh, the current version, well, not anymore, opened in 1983, is similar to the original version, but is meant to be less scary overall. Guests enter the ride building through the Evil Queen's castle. Overlooking the entrance is a high window whose curtains are parted every few minutes by the Queen, which I do enjoy. Yeah, I like, like that a lot. Like, just standing in line for Mr. Toad, like, oh, there's the Queen. Mm -hmm. yeah. A metal gold-colored apple is within reach of the guests standing in the queue. Touching the apple causes the disembodied voice of the Queen to cackle menacingly. Guests wind their way through a dungeon out inside the castle, passing by a book of poisons. The book reads, One taste of the poisoned apple and the victim's eyes will close forever in the sleeping death. The background of the boarding area is a forest setting dominated by the dwarf's cottage. The minecart ride vehicles resemble the beds of the seven dwarfs, but are officially considered minecarts and feature the names of each dwarf on the front of them, much like their beds in the film. After guests board the vehicles, they enter the dwarf's cottage. Here, the music and yodeling from the silly song can be heard. Guests pass Snow White and some of her animal friends climbing the stairs to the cottage's second floor. The guests then move past the dwarfs who are performing the silly song. Happy is on bass, grumpy is on organ, bashful is on accordion, Doc is on mandolin, and sleepy is on fiddle. Dopey is standing on Sneezy's shoulders. The scene is still there. Mm-hmm. When guests leave the cottage, they pass by the queen and her pet raven peering through one of the <laughs> cottage windows as the queen divulges her plans to get rid of Snow White. They then pass the queen's castle, which basks underneath the moonlight. Guests then enter the dwarf's diamond mine, which is full of jewels of many colors. Guests then pass under a branch and two vultures perched on it. A false path leads guests to believe they are entering a cave, but the vehicle turns toward a different path and enters the queen's castle. Again, same thing, you know. There they see the queen as she stands before her magic mirror with her beautiful reflection saying, magic mirror on the wall. She then turns and faces the guests. <laughs> they see that she has become an ugly, green-eyed, toothless hag with a wart on her nose. Man. With this disguise, I'll fool them all, she adds. This effect is achieved by two models, one queen and one witch. Uh, at least they call her a witch and not a hag. Rotating on different sides of the mirror, which is actually a sheet of transparent glass. Projections and LED lights create the effect of cobwebs and electricity running through the walls. The guests continue on to the castle's dungeon laden with skeletons who warn guests to turn back. Nearby, the witch is in her laboratory where she is creating a poisoned apple for Snow White. She heads for the dwarf's cottage in a small boat, bumping into the guests on her way out. The guests wind their way through a menacing forest. Here, trees have ugly faces and branches like talons or grasping hands. Bats fly everywhere and logs resemble snapping crocodiles. The echo of the witch's cackle is heard throughout the forest scene, implying that she is chasing the guests. Oh, like that dinosaur and dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The guests then turn toward the dwarf's cottage. The music and cackling stop until the witch's voice is heard again. The door then opens to reveal the witch, who offers the guests the apple. 
Uh, like we said before, it was originally a physical object, but Grad and Height guests made it tradition to swipe the apple, so it became an optical illusion in the 1983 rehab. Guests turn towards a mountainside where the dwarfs pursue the witch. Nearby, the witch tries to roll a boulder down the mountain to crush the dwarfs and guests below. However, a strike of lightning causes her to tumble to her death. Her scream is heard as guests exit to the unload area. The climax in this version differs from the other two surviving versions in that there is a strobe effect to illustrate the witch falling off the cliff. In the Paris and Tokyo versions, the figure simply leans back. <laughs> this yeah. was also in the Magic Kingdom version. Arriving at the unload area, guests pass a giant book featuring a silhouette of Snow White and her prince with his horse as they walk away towards a castle. The words at the bottom of the picture read, and they lived happily ever after. The unload area also features a mural depicting Snow White, the prince, the dwarfs, and the forest animals bidding the guests farewell. The guests then disembark from the ride vehicles and exit back out into Fantasyland and presumably over to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, I would guess. All right, let's talk about what we're here for. The Walt Disney World version. Woohoo! That if you were there in the 70s or 80s, scared the crap out of you if you were a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can only speak for myself. I rode this very sporadically because it was scary. It was right there in the name. Yeah, right there. It wasn't as scary as that light bulb coming at you and Mr. Toad's water. It was way scarier than that. I mean, not for me. Uh, it was for me. It's right there in the name, Michael. All right. The original Walt Disney World version of the ride in 1971 was very different and objectively much scarier. <laughs> <laughs> the witches were much more realistic than their animated counterparts. There were also seven witch figures in this version, <laughs> while there were only six in the second version. The queue was similar to Tokyo's current queue. It featured the dwarf's mine, and their house was visible in the distance. This version of the ride also notably featured no music except for I'm wishing in the queue. See, it got you ready, too. <laughs> like, mm -mm, we told you this is going to be scary. <laughs> Shh. Be scared. <laughs> I'm wishing. Shh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's one of those, like, haunting child mm -hmm. versions. Mm -hmm. I'm wishing. I mean, that that's pretty much how it sounds. It was, it was <laughs> now haunting. it sounds like this. I'm wishing. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> Still better than Pinocchio, though, for the, the whole movie, I'll say. I, you know. <laughs> All right. Guests began by entering the castle in a scene very much like the 1994 version. However, there was no Snow White cleaning. <laughs> Upon entering, the guests saw a mirror, but not the magic one. <laughs> the queen transformed into the witch. This was the first incarnation of the ride to feature the famous transformation effect. The witch cackled and disappeared until a raven began to shriek. It was reacting to the witch, who was then seen at the cauldron around the corner. The riders crashed through the dungeon walls and escaped through the dark forest, bumping into the witch on her boat along the way. Soon, the guests arrived at the dwarf's cottage to see the animals peering in at them. They passed the dwarfs in their only appearance, walking up the stairs to the wall perpendicular to their room to investigate a scary shadow floating on the wall, which is implied to be a ghost. <laughs> Don't investigate scary ghost shadows. On the way out, the witch was waiting at a window with the apple, sliding into view on the top half of the door, similar to the movie. Riders would again escape into the forest where the witch would jump out from behind a tree <laughs> and offer riders the apple for a fourth time. The final scene was the diamond mines, where the witch appeared on top of the door to the mine, tipping over one of the wooden support beams. By this point, she had given up on using the apple. A mine cart pushed by the witch would run out of control and nearly hit you. Her final appearance was on top of the door to the vault, prying an enormous jewel from the rocky outcrop and onto the riders. 
Riders will then enter a room full of flashing cartoon strobe lights with the witches cackling still in their ears, echoing like a skipping record, <laughs> thus implying that the witch had killed you. <laughs> the guests would then crash through the wall to return to the boarding area. This version followed the film the least accurately of all the versions. Wow. She, so the really, witch wins? The witch wins, and you might as well be going to hell. They just don't huh. tell you. And then enjoy your day at the Magic Kingdom, <laughs> kids. <laughs> I So this... That's, uh, that's hardcore. I have vague recollections of this, um, and I—I'd love to watch a, a VHS tape of this. Oh, I bet it was fantastic to see all how many children were just crying yeah. coming out of there. <laughs> and these are the ones who are like, "Do you want to ride Snow White?" Yeah, it's not like, "Do you want to ride this scary dinosaur ride?" Well, you're doing it anyway. Yeah, this is. Oh, I hope you're happy. You, you lull them into a false sense of security. You with won't the be by Snow the White. end. I. I remember it being very scary, um, but I was also a child. Yeah. So I probably only wrote it maybe once or twice. Yeah, I have no real memories of the original one because it all seems the same to me after it changed um, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So I assume I was on the scary one, but I honestly don't know for sure. Well, yeah, I never went on it. Yeah, because you weren't there early enough. Nope. Well, let's talk about that reimagining in 1994. The Disney World attraction was completely redesigned to be similar to the upgraded Disneyland version, but in a different order and with a few new scenes, as well as one scene being omitted. Guests board by a mural depicting the cast of Snow White and begin their ride in the Queen's Courtyard, where Snow White is seen working outside. See? See, kids? It's fine. Snow White's here now. <laughs> the Queen is watching her and the guests from her window. Inside the castle, the scene is similar to the Disneyland version with the queen turning into the witch and working at her cauldron. Although the magic mirror has been added, the ride continues into the forest and we see the huntsman telling Snow White to run away. She can be seen with a terrified expression after a flashing strobe light goes off. They really they really love the strobe <laughs> lights in this attraction. Maybe it was new technology. I mean, I'm just Hey saying. guys, look. You just flick this light on and off real fast. It was the projection mapping of the yeah. day. It was. We then see the witch on the boat and the forest, similar to the original version, and then into the dwarf's cottage where the dwarfs sing to the silly song. In a new scene, the writers pass the witch giving Snow White the apple, then emerge from the cottage onto a rocky cliffside. Initially, in almost complete darkness, a flash of lightning revealed that the witch was right next to the guests. Oh, cool. <laughs> guests ride through the mines where Bashful and Sneezy call to them to stop the witch. We then see the witch and dwarves on the cliff. After her comeuppance, there is a new happy ending with the prince waking Snow White amidst the cheering dwarfs. Dopey is seen above the bridge, on leaving, waving to all the passengers. Guests then travel through the open doors under the bridge and disembark. Ironically, this version followed the film most accurately out of all the versions, but was the replacement for the least movie-accurate version. And this one I have the most familiarity with because, yeah. you know, in the post-child, pre-like-2012 before it closed, this is the one I rode the most. Yeah. But it also always had a five-minute wait. Right. <laughs> because it's not great. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Yeah. I, You know, because of that, <laughs> it being fine, on May 31st, 2012, the attraction closed and was replaced by Princess Fairytale Hall as part of a major expansion of that park's fantasy land. So that is the big reason. Nobody was ever on it. I mean, we can all say, you know, like, it's sad that these attractions close, but they're not closing, you know, uh, 
rise of the resistance or, you know, at any time soon or anything. It's when these rides get down to five minutes and no minute wait. That's when you got to start thinking about replacing them. I mean, rise of the resistance closed a bunch of times when I was there. Well, it's true, but not intentional. <laughs> so, I mean, we could do, we could do a, uh, we could do a show someday soon on rides that are according to wait times yeah. might be up for a renewal soon. So when the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train opened in 2014, many of the dwarfs and animal figures from the Silly Song scene were recycled for use in the new ride, as were the two vultures. The witch received a new design, which looks the most accurate to the movie and less scary. Oh, that's kind of cool. It they is. They brought over some of the... Mm-hmm. I like when they do that. Mm-hmm. Little touches from old things that are gone, but they bring them into the new things. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, they did that from our reading of that uh, that book. What the uh, they had created some animatronics for Western River Expedition. Mm-hmm. Eh, well, we're not building that. Put them in the land. Yep. So that's cool. And the uh, uh, from when they closed that Tokyo Mickey Mouse review, they brought the mm-hmm. three Cabaneros over. Yeah, and then those broke down, and they put a cardboard cutout spray and painted. They put monster suits on the um, some of the celebrities from Hollywood adventure ride at Disney's California Mm -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. Nice. So we have two other versions of Snow White's uh, scary adventure. One in Disneyland Paris. It's basically the same as the Disneyland version. The only real difference is the happy ending. In this variation, instead of a book saying they lived happily ever after, Doc, Dopey, Happy, the Prince of Snow White are on the arch with Snow White sitting on the prince's horse and waving the guests goodbye. On the left side of the guest, the prince's castle is seen above the clouds. The cottage at the loading area is replaced with a mural of the characters. The ride is also called uh, Blanche <laughs> et la Septaine, which is French for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It is indeed. The exterior roofing is a dark tur- turquoise color instead of gray. That's uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. One other small detail is that the queen's transformation takes place in the magic mirror chamber instead of the throne room. Which is the more accurate place for it to happen. Wasn't it in her dungeon, though? Is that the same place? Yeah, that's the magic mirror chamber. Oh, see, I feel like the magic mirror chamber is like her ready room. Off oh, of the yeah, she transformed in the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Because yeah, yeah. then she gets in that boat, right? Yeah. In her dungeon. Which, you know, if you're going to have a dungeon, have your river right out of it. Well, we have one more version in Tokyo Disneyland. Tokyo Disneyland represents a mix of all the other versions, but it is mostly based on the 1971 version of Magic Kingdom's attraction. It begins in the courtyard, then into the castle where the queen transforms into the witch, moving on to the dungeon and passing her on her boat. After going through the forest, guests enter the cottage and see the dwarf singing with Snow White watching from the stairs. Exiting the cottage, guests find the witch outside waiting for them. They pass the queen's castle and the vultures, and then enter the mines. They approach the cottage again to find the witch is once again waiting. The ride ends similarly to Disneyland's version with the dwarfs and witch on the cliff, but the witch's death is omitted, leaving only the scene where the witch tries to lower the boulder onto the dwarfs. There is no happy ending with the vehicles exiting to the unload area. <laughs> it's like they just went, eh, we're, that's enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's, she's dead or whatever. I don't, just go, I don't care. I imagine it's like, People walking off of it in just silence, like after that. Yeah. Just the, I don't, like after a, a heavy episode of a TV show. Mon Dieu. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best I got in French. Apologies. But that's Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, just 
even riding this ride after in Magic Kingdom after the the revamp, it's like, well, that's weird. It's still just odd that it's like a Fantasyland dark ride that is scary. It's not as scary as it used to be, but it's just still scary. And it makes no sense. Like, cause it's like the happiest, like Snow White is like the happiest character, you know, like it should yeah. just be called the evil witches or the evil hags, scary adventure or something. <laughs> right. But then still nobody was riding it anyway. So I don't, you know. Yeah. The one at Disneyland was super popular while we were there, even though it wasn't that crowded. Um, but they did a really good job of converting that one. And I don't know the details of like exactly which scenes change or whatever, but it seemed noticeably different to me, just the tone of it. And it actually told a coherent story, but it was delightful. I remember liking it from a few years ago when we were there. Um, but it has been redone since I was there. So it was not enchanted at the time. <laughs> that was still scary. All I really remember, honestly, is the uh, the boulder thing. Yeah, I mean, too. From yeah. all these versions. Like, this is, this is, this, that's scary. <laughs> really, the main thing I remember is the evil queen looking out the window. Honestly, it's that, not even part of the ride. That's the best. No, it's, it, that's the best thing of that version. Like, I'll, I just remember being uh, standing in line uh, for Mr. Toad's going, <laughs> that's cool. She opened yeah. the window again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that. Because it was like early in the morning too. I'm like, well, that's magical. Yeah, I think that's when we saw it at Peter Pan. But yeah, same thing. It was like in the morning, and it was a surprise. We had no idea that, that was going to. And everything's so close to each other at Disneyland too, mm-hmm. especially in Fantasyland. It's like, like you're in line for anything else. Huh? I can still see the Evil Queen. Mm-hmm. And then you put that castle right in your pocket too, because it's so small. It's more of an archway than a castle. It really <laughs> is. But like the archway here, when Dopey's sitting on top of it and tries to throw rocks at you or whatever. I don't know what. <laughs> I've I've read a lot of versions of Snow White now. I don't. It all kinds kind of runs together. I would if we were talking about it. Like if if we had a time machine, I would like to go back and ride the original version. Yeah, me with too. Unsuspecting children. <laughs> they scream more on this than I guarantee they did on the Haunted Mansion. What about Alien Encounter? Oh my gosh, I I, you I know, loved. Alien whenever Encounter. we get to that, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, but they should have taken it out because any Disney ride that pours blood on you <laughs> is <laughs> probably not long for this world. Yeah, it wasn't real blood; it was water. It that was a you mist. know about and beyond. <laughs> All right, so um, if you have a segue, you can put that online at tfppodcast.com. <laughs> We're also on Instagram and Reddit at slash tfppodcast and Twitter at tfp underscore podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we have some pretty awesome t-shirts at shop.tfppodcast.com and we have some exclusive Patreon-only content that's available to you if you support the show at patreon.com slash tfppodcast. That's all I got. Anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you real soon.